Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Clap our hands. Thank you. Praise God. He is so good. He's been so kind to me. And I know you can say the same thing. I pray you can. Amen. I'm glad to see everybody made it. Brother and Sister Williams. Sliding in here. I don't know. I'm just teasing. I just I know he probably had to pray over his car or something, but I'm glad he made it. Amen. Just love giving him a hard time. If you would, turn to me to Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, we had a wonderful move of the Holy Ghost Sunday here in Hatchbend. Brother Herndon, I heard somebody say it like this, was, I don't want to say it wrong, shucking the corn, is that right? Or shelling the peas, there you go. <laughs> Man, he did a wonderful job Sunday morning. Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. With your loins girt about with truth. And that's our title tonight, starting off this series, The Belt of Truth. I know we've already prayed, so I'll just, you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me the privilege to speak and be a part of this um, series. It's an honor, it really is, to speak with such great men of God. It's... Um, certainly seasoned in the word of God and it is an honor during the beginning years of the early church only Jews and, and Jewish proselytes received the Holy Ghost it wasn't until the chapter 10 where, where Gentiles were acknowledged as heirs of the promise of the Father and even at that Jewish Christians still had a hard time accepting them as their brothers and sisters as equal. Peter, he had to be moved by divine vision even to go to Cornelius' house three times to preach to him the message of Acts 2.38. Even after he went by the direction of the Holy Ghost, the rest of the church questioned his actions if the world is ever going to know Jesus as Lord, as Jesus 
as God in flesh, it's going to come from the apostolic church. The church must carry the gospel to them and preach the word of truth. The church can't preach anything less. It must preach the truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the truth. In Matthew, it says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. The truth, buy it and sell it not. Matthew 13, 45, 36. The merchant consolidated all that he had in order to purchase this supreme pearl. It was supreme. Collier's Encyclopedia states, the genuine pearl is the only gem that comes from the sea and the only one uh, made by a living process. I know biology to me is hard to understand. If this is even biology. <laughs> but it's hard for me to understand, so stay with me, it's not much. It's, a, it's value is unique because it's a, it is born from the pain of a living organism. Genuine pearls are the result of an accidental entry of foreign matter. The formation of a natural pearl rather, begins when a foreign substance slips into the oyster between the mantle and the shell, which irritates the mantle. It's kind of like the oyster getting a splinter. The oyster's natural reaction is to cover up that irritant to protect itself. The mantle covers that irritant with, with layers of, of calcium uh, that, that is used to create the shell. And it's layer upon layer. It doesn't have arms and, and legs or teeth or any way to defend itself. So it has to defend its way, itself in this way. And this pearl is truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. You're going to hear the word truth a lot tonight. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? I, I, I thought about this because there was a lot of, diff, lot of different directions I could have went with this message talking about truth, especially in this day and time. There was a lot of illustrations out there and I could have just eat up the clock with it. <laughs> I did a lot of deleting, I'm telling you. I put some, I said, that's good, that's good. And I said, no, no, no. But, uh, so I'm just going to, we're just going to stay basic tonight. Everybody pretty much knows what's going on in the world, so we're just going to try to stick with the word tonight. Because this could really be a loaded question, what is truth? It's, a, it's, a, it's the new covenant, it's, it's John 3, 5. It's Acts 2, 38. It's John 1 and 1. It's the word of God. That's the truth. They can tell you something else. Truth has become a bad word. They can tell you that there's your truth and my truth, but there's only one truth. There's always ever been just one truth, and that's the word of God, and that's what we stand on. It's the bride of Christ, and she's standing on the moon, clothed in the sun with the New Testament covenant. She's wearing the belt of truth. She resembles Christ. She's covered 
with his blood. Hallelujah, she's covered with his blood. She's without spot or wrinkle. She's full of love. She suffers long. She's kind, full of kindness. She doesn't behave herself unseemly. She's not envy. It's not puffed up. She doesn't seek her own. She's not easily provoked. She doesn't think evil. She doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. She bears all things. She believes all things. She hopes all things. She endures all things. Love love never fails. That's what she is. She's love. She's the bride. She's the church. She's the apostolic men and women of God. Praise God. That's us. However, it is easy to believe a lie is the truth, and the truth is a lie. All it takes is a little conditioning. I seen yesterday, I'll take a little time here, uh, just a little news clip of, of I think 17 congress, congressmen went to jail or got arrested. And I thought, well, there's something strange there. And then I see again today, that it wasn't no truth to that. They just was asked to leave the highway. They were in the highway protesting. But they walked off with their hands behind their back and that's the video they showed making it look like they were in handcuffs and that was the headline. It can be, it's easy to be deceived. We read in John 8, 33 and it says they answered him, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? The irony of this statement. Not only is the answer they gave false, but that very moment in time, they were under Roman law, under Roman rule. They were in bondage as they were saying it. <laughs> but they were never in bondage. It's amazing how easy it is to be conditioned to believe a lie. So then you, that you walk, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5. Paul He's in a Roman prison when he's writing these letters to other churches. It's said that Paul wrote Colossians first. I know it's not the way in the the Bible, but it's said that he wrote Colossians first and then Ephesians. And then he sent them along with Philemon and even perhaps Philippians as well and then sent them by the hand of Tychicus. And it just blows my mind that he's writing all these letters in a Roman prison with such... Love. That's what we're talking about, love. It's easy to love when things are going good. It's easy to be joy. It's easy to have that joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of power when everything is just falling into place. But he's in a Roman prison writing to people, some of them he's never even met. Praise God. Encouraging them, telling them the way of more God, uh, the, the way of truth more more truthful, more I'm losing my words there. But just think about that. What a, what, a, what, a, what a God that would just be able to fill your heart with love. That kind of love. Jeremiah 29 says in 5, this is a story when they was in Babylon, a Babylonian I think. It says build your houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Take you wives and get sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give 
your daughters to husband that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there and not diminished. This is when the children of Israel were in exile in Babylon. This was Jeremiah's letter to them from the Lord saying, even in your storm, even in your darkest hour, I expect you to produce fruit. I expect you to be fruitful. Praise God. You're still, you still have a job to do. When you've done all you can do to stand, stand. You can't quit. You can't back up. I know it's been a long journey and there's still a, a ways to go and the storm clouds are, are raging. The, the waves are beating the ship and the rain is pouring but you're, you still have a job to do. I still have a mission for you. I still have plans for you. I told you there was a cross you would have to bear. I never told you this would be easy. I never said it would be a cakewalk. Only the strong will survive. Only the ones that are sold out for Christ will endure to the end. This is not for the weak. There's, there's going to be some hard times. But I expect you to walk in truth at all times. His praise shall continually be on our lips. Praise God always with your loins girded about with truth. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The belt of truth will keep us from falling into deception. And believe in a lie is truth. And the truth is a lie. Amen. We got to hold on to this truth. Because they're trying to take it from us. They're trying to take truth. And we know what it is. And we got to hold it. We can't let them take it. We can't let them deceive us. Praise God. Let's clap our hands. Jeroboam, I want to take us to this story here. Jeroboam built two golden calves, one at Bethel and one at Dan. He did this because he didn't want his people going over into Judah to worship because he knew some wouldn't come back. And he feared he would lose his people because if the people were to dwindle in number, he would lose his kingdom. So he built two golden calves. One at Bethel and the other at Dan. The one at Dan was, was far away from Jerusalem, as far as you could get. But the one at Bethel, now this is important, listen. The one at Bethel, this one's real close to Jerusalem. Real close. And this is exactly where the devil wants us. Just close enough that it feels okay. It looks okay. It looks like truth. It seems okay, but it's not Jerusalem. You're, you're clean, but not all. Saying a sinner's prayer sounds close, but it's not salvation. Accepting Christ is great, and you need to do that, but it's not salvation. Jesus told the Jews, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they that testify me. Hallelujah. They were very well versed too. They were, they were very well versed. Bible quizzers had, had nothing on these guys. Search the scriptures. Which one, boss? You tell me. I got it. That's how good they were. That's all they did. That's all they did. Search the scriptures. Which one? 
First Kings 12, 27 says, If this people got up to sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto the Lord. We have to be still and listen to that still, small voice. That's how God speaks. He speaks in that small voice. He only speaks in earthquakes and tornadoes and fires when we're not listening. That's right. That's not the way he likes to speak. He will speak that way, but he don't like to. He wants you to be, he wants you to be quiet so you, he can hear that small voice. Hallelujah. He's not, he's not the author of confusion. Convenience was, was Jeroboam's reason for motive or motive. It was his convenience was his, his sin. That was, that was actually what his sin was. Jeroboam's name is mentioned about a hundred times and in about 25 do we read of the sins of Jeroboam. We read how many times he caused God's people to sin. But, but who was Jeroboam? Where do we first hear about him? He was a hard worker fortifying the walls of Jerusalem when Solomon was still king. Solomon took note of his work ethic and his skills and gave him a promotion, made him the superintendent of the workers. Be careful who you allow, who we allow in our circle. Just because it looks good. Just because they, they have good talents and skills. That don't mean they're the one for the job. That's right. That, I'm serious. We got to, we got to be careful. Just because they can sing, it doesn't mean they need to be on the platform. Just because they got a good speaking, that don't mean you need to give them a mic. Praise God. Don't throw stones. Really, we got to be careful who we let in. After Solomon's death, Rehoboam became king, and Jeroboam revolts in the northern ten tribes of Israel forsook Solomon and followed Jeroboam. And the southern tribes of Judah and Ben stayed with Rehoboam. And that's when Jeroboam would now have, he'd had, he'd had ten of the twelve tribes, but apparently that wasn't enough for Jeroboam. So he, he knew the people would want to go to Jerusalem because that's where they always worshipped. And that's, where they, that's what they were used to. And so he was going to, he had to convince them that they didn't have to go there. And so he, that's when he built these two calves. And, and I think he, he probably said, well, I'll build one at Dan, but that, that one at that Bethel, that, I'll make it look just like Jerusalem. And, and they won't know the difference. And he tried, to, he tried to convince them that it was okay just to stay here. You don't really need to show up to midweek service. I mean, that's not a really good, powerful service. We just really need to be there on Sunday. That's the good service. I mean, really, we don't, we don't always have to be there. We can watch church online. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's close enough. It's close enough. I'm here to tell you the Lord is coming. And we got to get our loins girded. We got to get our belt of truth on because he is coming back for his bride, a spotless bride, a bride that's prayed up, a bride that's wearing the truth, that's standing on the new moon or on the sun, that's clothed in his blood. Hallelujah. That's bathed in him. Praise God. We'll, we'll get our worship on Sunday, but we'll, we'll, we're okay. I'm telling you, we're living in the last days, slipping and sliding with Jesus. We can't be doing that. We're the only ones left holding the truth. We need all hands on deck. Gird up your loins. Praise God. Jeroboam told 
them, these two golden calves brought them out of bondage. That's what happens when we get away from the truth. We'll believe what they tell us. If we're not, we'll believe that they went to jail. We'll believe that. If we don't stand on the truth, if we don't search the scriptures and find the truth, we'll believe that. We start to believe a lie. We got to keep our loins guarded at all times. I said earlier, Jeroboam's sin was convenience. He wasn't concerned with the truth. In fact, the truth was a hindrance for him. It got in his way. My God, how easy it is to be deceived when we are we aren't wearing the belt of truth. We don't have a, a solid foundation. Our house is on sand. Hallelujah. We don't have a relationship with God because we don't, we, we're, not, we're not standing on our truth. The Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Clothe yourself in holiness. Bathe yourself in righteousness. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. We got to walk straight, talk straight, Hallelujah, we got to keep our belt on. Hallelujah, a lot of people don't like to wear the belt, but we got to keep our belt on. Praise God, we can't live off of a relationship of convenience. We can't serve God only when it's convenient, only when it doesn't interfere with our personal life. I'll be at church if I get off work in time. You better switch shifts because the hour is drawing near. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? The scribes and the Pharisees they needed to shut Jesus down. I mean, he was really showing them up. He was revealing to them. He was revealing them in, in every corner. I mean, these guys, they really were versed in Scripture, but they just didn't understand. And this guy was from Galilee coming in and just showing them off. I mean, they'd never heard anybody speak. Somebody said, never a man speak like this man. So they took counsel. They took counsel on how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. So they sent their disciples along with the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, you hypocrites? <laughs> he, he was ahead of them. Show me the tribute money. Whose is this image and subscription? Well, it's Caesar's. And they say, he said, well, render therefore unto Caesar's the things which are Caesar's and unto God the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled. Then they send the Sadducees in. They wasn't done. They're going to send somebody else in. So they send them in, which say there's no resurrection. They don't believe in the resurrection. And they go through the story about the seven brothers and they all married to the same woman. And I was wondering, when I, I wonder when I read this story, all of them married the same woman. And they all kept dying. I got the third one. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, no, there's something wrong with her. But no, they kept marrying her. I don't, I don't get that. And uh, they want to know who's going to have her in the hereafter. And I mean, there you go again. No, I don't. I don't, you know, but here they are. And so, like I said, they don't, they don't believe in the resurrection. He said, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage. But as an angel of God in heaven, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Have you not read this? 
Now, hey, hey, they wasn't done. They got together and they started, well, what did he say? He said, oh, man, he's, get the lawyer. So they get the lawyer. They get the lawyer and they send him in. And that lawyer, they said, what you going to ask him? And they're over there, oh, that's good. And so they send the lawyer in. He, and he's already put the Sadducees to shame. So this lawyer asked him, I mean, this is a pretty good question if you think about it. He said, what's the great commandment of the law? Which one's the greatest commandment? I mean, there's ten. I mean, I would think thou shalt not kill. That would probably be, well, that's probably pretty good. You shouldn't probably kill anybody. You know, that's pretty good. Don't steal. Don't steal is pretty good. But that ain't what he said. He said, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, I know you didn't ask me about the second, but I'm going to give you the second. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor <laughs> as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Whoa, that's what you got to do. And that's the better truth is to love thy neighbor as thyself at all times. That means to love them. That means to spend time with them. Praise God. We got to teach them. We got to show them the gospel. We can't just beat them over the head with Acts 2.38. We can't just throw the Bible at them. Show them you, you walk right. Show them you talk right. Show them you stand on the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. But that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That lawyer's feeling pretty bad. He goes to leave. He's getting out of there. And Jesus said, wait, hold it. Where are you going? Well, you've been asking all these questions. It's my turn. It's all fun and games when we're asking him questions. But when he, it's his turn to ask questions. What? And, you know, you know, hold on, it's my turn. We, we, <laughs> it's my turn. We said, what, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they say unto him, Son of David. Son of David. We know, we know the scriptures. He, he said, How then of David in spirit call him Lord? Saying the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David call him Lord, how is he his son? They didn't have any more questions after this. But I'm here to tell you. I'm going to tell you why. Because Jesus is God. Listen to me again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He said in one scripture, he said, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. In one scripture, he said, there is no God form. I know not any. I'm a jealous God. I wouldn't give my glory to another. I'm here to tell you that he robed himself in flesh. He became an embryo inside of Mary's womb. Hallelujah. He didn't send somebody else to die on the cross. We don't serve a God that would do that. We serve a God that went himself. He said, I go. There's no one to send anyway. So he went. He got in the womb and he grew up as a tender plant. Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. He grew up as a tender plant. He grew up as a son of God. He grew up as a son of man. Not another God. He, the, the God. 
He said, Philip, have you been this long with me and not know who I am? Who I, I'm Jesus. God. I'm God. That's who I am. I'm in flesh. Praise God. And that is the belt of truth. Praise God. And we stand on that. We, 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 we got to hold on to that. They tried to take it. They tried to steal it away. They tried to lie about it. You can, you can, they'll walk with you. They'll talk with you. They'll worship with you. But when you start changing the, the baptism on them, no, that's when they start backing up. They start backing up then. But we know the truth. And we must keep the truth inside of us because we can't give what we don't possess. The music can come. Hmm. Praise God. Oh, Holy Ghost is just, I feel it in this place. I know it's Wednesday night, but the Holy Ghost is just sweet, moving in this house. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He's coming back for his bride, clothed in majesty, walking in truth, standing on the New Testament, standing on the New Testament promises. We must keep the truth inside of us because we can't give. Somebody said this a while back and I wrote it down. Brother Williams. We can't give what we don't possess. If, what am I saying? I'm saying it's important, Brother Kenny Townsend, that we have a, a prayer life, but a prayer life that's, that's consistent, but not just consistent on purpose on purpose we have to be intentional it, I don't have a certain time that I pray a, a seven or six or anything like that but it's the same format every morning every morning there's clockwork it doesn't matter if I'm late for work I own my own business so I, 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 I fluctuate there I go or not go but we, we learned a long time ago we have to put God in the center. He, he, we, we, the schedule has to work around God. It can't, you, you can't, well, I'll, I'll pray later. No, 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 no. You just have to be late. Set your alarm earlier. I, I don't know, but you cannot. God will help you. If you'll trust him, the boss will be okay with you. Watch. Just, just, if you can't just keep doing it, but trust me. God is on your side. God is on your side. Yeah, God, I mean, you can't just keep praying for your car if it gets right down there. I just thought of that. But, uh, you know, at some point he's going to say, no, you're going to need to go buy a battery. It's the third time already. But, uh, uh, you know, but uh, you got to be consistent. And I, my wife and I, have, and don't we're not perfect. By no means. We struggled and struggled and struggled trying to get it together. And we were still getting it together. But, there's a couple of things that we're consistent about, and, and that's our prayer life. We have to be consistent about that because if we're not, then then, then the truth starts falling apart. That's right. We we, we, we start losing things, and, and our attitudes, mine especially, starts getting in the way. I get in my flesh real easy. I have to pray. I don't just need to pray. I have to pray. 
I've got an attitude I've got to pray down every day. I've got an anger I've got to pray down every day. I've got pride I've got to pray down every day. I'm serious. I've got to pray for tenderness every day because I'm not made that way. I'm not a tender person by, by nature. It's just not my nature. I, 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 so I have to pray, God, give me a tender heart and put love and forgiveness in my heart because that's not in my heart either. I, I'm, I, the, heart, the Bible says the heart's desperately wicked. And I know it is because I have a heart and it's desperately wicked. Without God, it's desperately wicked. If we don't have it inside of us, that truth, then we can't share it with others. We can't tell it on the mountain. (laughs) We, We can't. We can't give what we don't have. When there's nothing left in the tank, there's nothing to give. You can't wear yourself out. We have to be cautious. We're not all powerful. There might be some saints who just, I mean, they might just walk on it. I don't know, but not Larry. Larry has to be careful. It's Wednesday. I can't get involved in anything on Wednesday because it might interfere and get me, make me late for church or something like that. My wife and I, after Sunday, we go home. We eat and go home because we got to get ready for Sunday night. And we try not to let anything, anything, because we're flesh. We're flesh. And so I'm just speaking to you right now. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be truthful with you. I'm just trying to talk to you right now. Because I feel, I feel somebody might need to hear this. It's okay. But just keep walking with God. And, and, and write things down. Make it, make, it, make it on purpose. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And everything else is going to have to work around this. That's right. When there's nothing left in the tank. We can't feed others what we don't possess or, or possess ourselves, what, what's not in us. We have to stay connected to the source. And the source is the Word of God. And if we disconnect from this, we'll die. We'll spiritually die. And that's the word of God. This anything living that loses connection with its source will die. You can stand. You can stand. I, I, uh, I, I have a little story. If you want to hear a story, I got a little story. I've been wanting to share it, looking for an opportunity to share it. Uh, I think it fits this. There's a. It's an ancient story. Of a merchant man and his servant, and, and um, the merchant man sends his servant into into Baghdad to get some supplies at the market, and 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 so the servant goes into Baghdad, and and the servant's picking up some supplies at the store, and walks by this being, and the the servant immediately recognizes being as death, and it. And the, and the being was just looking straight through him. And it scared him. And it just, it offended him. And he ran home to his, his merchant. And he said, his master, he said, and he told him what had happened. He said, please, give me a horse. I've got to get to Samaria tonight. I've got to get to Samaria. He said, why Samaria? I, I don't know why he had to get there. But he had to, he had to get there. He had to get to Samaria. And so the master said, okay, yes, yeah, sure, go. And so he went to Samaria. And this bothered the master so bad that, that 
that he, he saddled up the horse and he went into Baghdad. And he was walking through that marketplace, not sure what he was looking for, but he was hoping to run into that person. And sure enough, he walked right into that being, that same being, and he recognized him. He said, hey, my servant was in here earlier, and he said you was rude to him. And why was you rude to him? And he said, I, I wasn't rude to him. He said, I was just surprised to see him here. And he says, well, why was you surprised to see him here? And he said, well, because later tonight I'm meeting him in Samaria. We just don't know when the time is up. We don't know when the rapture is going to take place. We don't know when death is going to come for us. We have no room for error when it comes to eternity. None. Every day. Intentional. Every day. Don't let somebody speak something into you that's not the word of God. You, 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 you have the answers right here. That's right. Why don't we pray? Maybe gather around and worship the Lord a little bit. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.